Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. How many of you were blessed by that session? Amen. Praise God. Alright, I, I think it's very uh, important. Um, sometimes we see people from afar and um, we don't know a lot about how they got to where they've gotten to. Um, and I, I usually say this, that if you see people who didn't go through so much to get to where they are, it was because someone in their generation made a decision. You don't have to blame them. For, for instance, their children won't have to go through all this. It's not their children's fault. If they hadn't also made that decision, see, the price you don't pay now, your children will pay it. There are no free lunch in life. And sometimes, taking the price, if you don't pay the price, someone else has to. So sometimes you have to sit down and decide, what do I do today to avoid the next generation going through this process? Are you following that? And you don't have to get, um, how, do I, how do I put it? You don't have to feel, oh, these people, they, don't have, they are not going through anything. No, somebody went through something for them. Are you following that? And from that generation to every generation, we keep what? We keep building. Make up your mind that you'll give your next generation a better foundation to walk from. Not just materially, because sometimes we focus on material things. Not just materially, but also spiritually. Okay? You give them a strong heritage of faith. Alright, our time is gone. We'll just see how far we can go this morning. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach your word and your people are anointed to receive the word. I thank you because the word comes and we have spiritual insight and understanding into the mysteries of God's word. Our lives are better for it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. I started saying on Wednesday, and I'll encourage you to make the weekly services, I started teaching on godly counsel as a principle for success. Godly counsel as a principle for success. Please, you need to get the message. I cannot go over that again. But I just want to read Exodus chapter 18 and verse 17 to 18. Exodus chapter 18, verse 17 to 18. Moses' father-in-law told him, What you are doing is not good. Verse 18. You will certainly wear yourself out, both you and these people who are with you, because the task is too heavy for you, you cannot do it by yourself. Verse 19 Now listen to me, I'll advise you, and may God be with you. You are to represent the people before God and bring the disputes to God. Now, if you look at verse 24, the Bible says Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said. Now, I want you to follow something about Moses. Moses was a man that when God called him, there was a burning bush. I'm not sure, apart from maybe Paul, nobody had a more dramatic call to ministry like Moses. 
The Bible even says that the prophet, God speaking about Moses, says, If they are prophets, I speak to them by similitude. He says, But by Moses, I speak to him face to face. And this man, for him to excel in his assignment of taking the children of Israel to the land of Canaan, he had to listen to his father-in-law. He had to listen to godly counsel. Most times, children of God fail because they wouldn't listen to counsel. And like I said, please, you need to get Wednesday messages foundational. We went through all uh, the places in Proverbs where it talked about godly counsel, the need for counsel, that through counsel purposes are established. And I believe that if we would humble ourselves and listen to godly counsel, our life will be better for it. Never grow to the point where no one can counsel you anymore. Don't get to that point. Never get to the point where you cannot receive counsel. The funny thing, and I'll tell you this, one of the prayers you should pray every time in your life is that God will help your heart. The funny thing is when someone is proud, they never know it. It's a dangerous thing. Even when you are talking to a proud person, he will say, it's true, it's true. Thank God I'm very humble. He's proud. And people don't want to offend you. They might never tell you the truth. And I'll tell you this. Mark my words. You would have very few people in this life that will tell you the truth. Most people will not. You know the reason why they will not? We easily get offended now. We're easily offended. You can be managed on in life with all your weaknesses and people will tolerate you. It will take somebody who is strong hearted to look at you and say, I think that you have an issue here. And that's why I see that most of our long term friends are friends that I mean, gave it very hard to us. We separated for some time and came back to them again. Those are the friends that stick closer than a brother. Ability to receive godly counsel. In Second Chronicles chapter 25, verse 14 to 16, it tells us a story about Amaziah. In verse 16, Stop the prophet stopped and says, I know that God has planned to destroy you because you have done this and have not listened to my counsel. So, not listening to godly counsel can lead to the destruction of life, can lead to the destruction of dreams. Not listening to godly counsel. If you want to follow, go look at examples of people that listen to godly counsel. In Exodus chapter 18, verse 14 to 24, Moses followed the counsel of his father-in-law. In 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 11 to 12, Nathan counseled Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. In Job chapter 29, verse 21 to 23, then to me, Job, they listened and waited and kept silent for my counsel. I want to pick up that word, kept silent for my counsel. I just write the scriptures down. I won't have time to go through them. My time is far gone. Job 29, verse 21 to 23. They kept silent for my counsel. Now, if you do not keep silent, you cannot receive counsel. 
You cannot receive counsel when you're talking at the same time. You know, people come to you, they sit with you, they want counsel from you, but they are doing all the talking. Men listened to me and waited and kept silence for my counsel. You cannot receive counsel in the midst of chaos and when you're doing all the talking. It's important to develop the habit of listening. And sadly, as a pastor, I experience this all the time. People leave their house, come to my office, they want counsel, and they talk. And I'm trying to give them counsel, and they're doing all the talking. I have to end up agreeing with them. They say, Pastor, do you see the point? I say, I see it. You came to show me a point. You didn't come to ask for my counsel. And I'll tell you this. Never give a counsel to someone who is not willing to receive it. Never. They will never apply it. Once you observe someone is not willing to receive your counsel, do not offer it. There has to be a willingness. Look at that scripture. Men listened to me and waited. You know, some of us are in a hurry to get counsel. For instance, you ask someone for something. And they say, oh, just give me some minutes. Just, just let's talk about this sometime later. I say that person is proud. How can I meet him for, for just small counsel? No, no counsel is small. Every counsel can either ruin your life or make your life become better. You have to patiently wait. And I'll tell you this. As a pastor, for instance, some people join our ministry in like one month and they come to me, oh pastor, I want counseling on this thing. I tell them, well, I don't think I can counsel you right now. And they're surprised. Do you know why they're surprised? I barely know them. You can't just change church in one month and expect me to counsel you when I don't know you. Everything you're telling me could be a lie. Never be in a hurry to get counsel from people you don't know. You meet someone in the conference, you're quick to get counsel. There are some counsels that have to be given to people who know you. How your journey has been. Your tendencies. And you know why most of us always want new people to give us counsel? Because we refuse to listen to the counsel of the previous person. We're looking for who will endorse our decisions. Be willing. I, I put, a, put on my Twitter handle. Never have a mentor who you cannot listen to his instruction. Never have a mentor who you cannot listen to his instruction. What are the sources of counsel? The first one is the Lord. Job 12 verse 13. With him are wisdom and might. To him belong counsel and understanding. Job 12 13. Psalm 16 verse 7. Just write the scriptures down. Psalm 16 verse 7. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Psalm 25 verse 12. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. Psalm 32 verse 8. I the Lord will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Right? I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Psalm 33 verse 10 to 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. 
Psalm 73 verse 24. With your counsel you will guide me. Psalm 19 verse 21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel or the purpose or the plans of the Lord will stand. One of the names of God in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 is wonderful counselor. Alright. We have consequences for not seeking the Lord's counsel. You have consequences for not seeking the Lord's counsel. Now, of course, the counsel of the Lord can come from inside of your spirit. The Lord can speak to your inner man, your inward man, and give you counsel or give you instructions. But another thing again is that the Lord can use people to counsel you. And that's where we are emphasizing. That if you want to be successful in life, what you need to do is to build a crop of people around you that can counsel you. I think the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about the stories we all heard this morning, I mean there were some things my wife was sharing this morning that I was also hearing for the first time. She shared a few things with me. But the beautiful thing about all the stories we heard this morning was that these people had the opportunity to take the wrong choices. They had legitimate reasons to make the wrong choice. They had legitimate reason to take the wrong turn. But they choose not to. Let me, let me tell you this. Every, every, I, I, I like putting the word godly. So in case I didn't put godly, no, I'm referring to godly people. Every successful person who is godly had the opportunity to go the wrong way. There is no excuse. I'm telling you. I mean, Kiki sharing his story this morning. Never heard about that. There's no excuse. You know, people who say, Oh, I lost my mother, my mother when I was young. That's why I'm robbing. That's, that's no excuse. That's no excuse. If you fail in life, it is your personal responsibility. And there's something our brother Gabriel said, which I think is very important. He says, We didn't have these things, but I did not know. How can a young man have eyes for something he cannot afford? How does that thought cross your mind? And you are praying. You know, we've been deceived a lot to think that once we just come to church, we just make a prayer, we just give our tithe, then the next thing God is going to do, the millions are going to come your way. You're asking, and I think that the people who mentor us and the people who pastor us are very important to our success. I had mentors who, if you go to them and say, Sir, I want to start a business, for instance, and the business is 5,000, they will ask you, How much do you have? You say, I don't have anything. They'll say, Leave my office. Those are the kind of mentors I have. You know, sometimes in a bid to keep people in our church, we don't tell them the truth. Someone is asking you for help. His phone is worth half of the money he's asking for. Why are you still keeping the phone? Those are the kind of mentors I had. One of my mentors, he will buy the phone off you there and give you the money. 
That's the kind of mentor they have. Or they will say, okay, bring your phone. You are not calling anybody. You don't have money. Okay, no problem. When you finish and you make profit on this business, you come and redeem it. Look at it. It's in this cupboard. But you know, you try that now. What's going to go around town? Ah, that pastor is very wicked. What is the benefit of discipline? Why do you discipline your children? Is it because you're wicked or because you're building something in them that when you're not there, they can survive? And I said this on Sunday. If you have to depend on people to make it in life, you will not go very far. Godly counsel. Jethro, Moses, listened to his father-in-law. Who do you listen to? Who do you listen to? And I said this on Wednesday. There are people in your life you should not surprise. Ah, I just want to surprise. No, there are people you should not surprise. And the reason most of us are very secretive, we've been taught wrongly. When you share your dream, they will steal your dream. You don't know who is listening. You don't know. We are so afraid. Ah, they want to take my star. What star? What star? You don't know. That's how they told um, uh, somebody in Abakilike before they know the friend. Why are you? Why are you so negative about life? I, I, I read this story. It's actually not a true story. It's a Greek mythology. That someone was asking uh, one of the wise men. You know, it's not a true story. It's Greek mythology. What's the asking? He says, "Are there good people in this city?" The man said, "Yes, there are good people." Another man came and said, are there bad people in this city? He said, yes, there are bad people. So the first guy said, but you said there are good people in this city. And the, the wise man said, you will get who you are looking for. You know what that means? If you keep saying, there are no good people in this world, including you. You know when you said there are no good people in this world, you are part of the bad people, right? There are no good people in this world. There are no good people in this world. You know what you're going to meet? You're going to always meet bad people. Meet bad people. I don't believe that. Some of my closest friends till today are not people from my tribe. I've met absolutely good people who will do anything to see our ministry go forward. The person who pays for a radio program doesn't come to this church. He's a member of another church. He's, a, he's somebody from another tribe. I didn't meet him before. I met him here. Is that not a good person? Absolutely. It's because you are a pastor. We all become one. If you think that's the easiest way to succeed, then become one. No, it's not because I'm a pastor. It's because I believe that I've found favor with God and favor with men. Your belief system is crucial to your success. If you have a victim mindset, you can never excel. Who can you receive counsel from? Godly people. Let's qualify that. Godly people. We must not receive counsel from ungodly people. We must make sure that the source of the counsel is pure. You know, when Ammon raped Tamar, what happened? It was a counsel that someone gave. So you can receive counsel that can destroy your life. 
You can receive counsel that can destroy your life. You must make sure that you're receiving godly counsel. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 8 to 9. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 20 to 22. Proverbs 23, 22. You can put that up. Proverbs 23, 22. If you have a godly father and mother, listen to them. If you have a godly father and mother, listen to them. I'll tell you a very practical story in my life. I want these sessions to be really practical. That's why we did this. There was a lady in our church that I wanted to get married to. And it dragged on, dragged on for a while. And my, 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 my dad, my parents were not too excited about that decision. And so, when I was about going to youth service, at about that time I knew I was going into full-time ministry, so I wanted to get married very early. And uh, so I met my dad. And if you, if you call my dad, he'll tell you. I met him. I said, you know, I'm going to leave this lady, not because I want to, but I trust your wisdom. And I told him, but let it not happen tomorrow that I marry someone and I have a bad marriage. You will never be free from it. <laughs> he said, you can trust me. I made that decision not because I was in a position to make that decision. I made that decision because I trusted that I have a godly parent. Many times in scripture, the Bible talks about listening to your parents. Especially when they are godly. I've given you three scriptures. I give you Proverbs 6, 20 to 22. I give you Proverbs 23, 22. I give you Proverbs chapter 6, uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 to 9. Counsel from godly parents. Listening to your parents. Listen to them, especially, I have qualified that, especially when they are what? Godly. So you don't listen to somebody who is going after prophets or going to the shrine and say, Pastor, say we should listen to our parents. Your life will go wrong. If your parents are godly, listen to them. Especially the young generation. There is something about the teenage years that comes with independence. You see, let me, let me explain this to you. If you grow up not listening to counsel, even at your adult age, you will not listen to counsel. There are people who have come to, to, to us. They want to do their wedding. And we say, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. They go about and do it the way they want to do it and get indebted. No, you don't do that. <laughs> One of my missionaries just got married. And uh, I asked him, what's the budget for the wedding? She, he told me. I said, how much do you have? He told me what he has. I said, well, this is what I'm going to give to you. The wedding must not pass this amount. They are married now, absolutely debt free. He said, and someone asked me, when people come and the food is finished, what do we do? Tell them the food is finished. There's nothing to do about it again. What will people think? It's not important. By next week, another wedding had replaced your own. Your own story will be old news. There are things you can do. Stay within your limits. It will guide everything you do in this life. Most of us, it's amazing. 
how many young people are indebted? Why are young people going into gambling? Why are they going into gambling? In those days, those older people that used to play pool. Why are younger people going into gambling? Trying to get money they haven't built capacity for. Listen to your mother and your father. It's very important. First Kings chapter 2 verse 1 to 4 You can get an example of a godly father's counsel Second Chronicles chapter 9 verse 23 And all the kings of the earth were seeking the presence of Solomon To hear his wisdom which God had put in his heart You can listen to people who God had given wisdom there are some people who God had given wisdom. Sometimes people come to me and they're talking to me and I say, well, I think you need to talk with my wife. She might not be very loud. She might not be very, you might not see her everywhere. But I think there's a wisdom that God is put in her life. There's some people, you just know they've got the wisdom of God. And people travel far and wide to listen to Solomon. Some of you cannot be patient enough for an appointment to listen to counsel. You go and meet someone. I want this person to counsel me. After sitting for five minutes, what is it? Even God, if I want to see God said, I will not wait this long. Pride. You cannot make the journey, the efforts. Have you ever traveled to spend time with your mentor just to listen to wisdom? It shows how serious you are about gaining wisdom. I don't have the time. Then you're not ready. Listen to me. Foolishness will cost you your highest dreams. Foolishness will cost you your highest dreams. I said this on Wednesday. I'll repeat it. As you grow older, minimize your mistakes. Some mistakes are irreversible. They are forgivable, but the consequences are irreversible. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20. He who walks with the wise will be wise. He who walks with the wise will be wise. Proverbs 13, 20. Build a circle of wise people around you. And how do you know that they are wise? The scripture says wisdom is justified by her children. What is the fruits in their life? One of our mentors in the ministry is Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. They've been married for 55 years this year. They've been married for 55 years. Their ministry is 50 years. And we've got the picture of them. My parents haven't been married that long. So we've got a picture of them in our, in our room. When you get into a sitting parlor, you just sit there. And every time we talk about pastor's marriage, you know what we do? We keep our eyes on that. We keep our eyes on that. Walking with the wise. Walking with the wise. Build a circle of wise people around you. You don't have to have many friends, but have few quality friends who will impart wisdom to you. You know, let me, let me, let me say this. I'm not, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Just take it from a good heart. I don't have friends that if I call them that I want a loan, they'll say, How much do you need? Do you understand? The kind of friends I have, if I say I want a loan, they say, what do you want? What do you want it for? 
I don't know if it, because they want to check. And if I say I want to do that, they say no. I'm not sure you can do it. Not that they want to talk down my dream. They are building boundaries. Your own, the true picture of a friend. You say, I want a loan. Say, I know one money lender. Come, 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 come. We can use our shoe. That's what you. A, a true friend is not the one that always says yes to you. Both of you might destroy yourself. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I remember one of my one of my mentors. I remember I told him I went to apply for a visa somewhere and uh, I wanted to do a course and he denied me the first time. So I applied again, they denied me again. So I called him. Oh, he said, God has blessed you so much. And that's their first reaction. First reaction is not no, 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 no. No. First reaction is you don't need it. You don't need it. If they don't need it, stay here, do what you're doing. That means they are not impressed that you traveled. Do you understand? You need to have wise people who are not impressed by your success. When I mean they are not impressed by your success, this is what it means. Regardless of what you achieve, they keep looking at you and say, I hope your feet are still on the ground. That's what they're looking for. You tell them, oh, we went this high. They say, let's check your feet. Let's, let's still check. Are your legs still on the ground? That's what is important to us. Stop working with people who you impress. I just bought a new car. Wow! 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 Let's wash it. Let's bake it. Let's do this. Snap it. Let's update it. No, 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 no. You tell your friends, I just bought a new car. The first question they're asking you, is it paid for? Do you really need it? Do you need a third car? I mean, if you have some of the crazy ones, they'll now challenge you. Have you done something for the gospel up to that amount? Do you understand? They are not impressed by your new toys that you call success. They are checking if your values are still intact. You have friends say, hey, I want to travel abroad. The first thing they're asking you, is your family going with you? And if you say no, they said, why? Do you know what is important to them? Not that you traveled. Your family is important to them. He that walks with the wise. Never walk with people who are impressed by your success. Walk with people who are making sure that you have the right values. That your feet are still on the ground. That you're still making the right decisions. And those ones, I'll tell you the truth, they are difficult to come by. And if God blesses you with any one of those ones, keep them. Nurture them. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? Right. Experienced people. You can seek counsel from experienced people. The people who have experience in certain things. For instance, as a minister of the gospel, I can seek counsel from people who have pastored for a long time. They would have gone through the things I'm going through. And the mistake that Jeroboam did um, in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 6 to 8, it's 8, 6 to 8, 1 Kings 12, 6 to 8, give me verse 8 alone. He went to seek the counsel of the people who walked with his fathers. And you know what happened? He forsook that counsel. He went with the young ones. And he lost the kingdom. 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. He lost the kingdom. He lost the kingdom. One counsel to Jeroboam made him to lose the kingdom that his father has given to him. But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him who stood before him. 
And as he rejected that advice, what happened? He lost the kingdom. That's when you follow advice of inexperienced people. People who don't have you, both of you are both of you are uh, are writing jam. You are asking him which school to fill. And both of you are writing jam. He has never gone to the university. You are asking him which school to fill. You know, when when we were growing up, I went to Delta State University, just just a few minutes from where either. You know, when we were growing up, hey boy, feeling from where do you want to go to? Ah oh man, you fair, you fair. I'm going to you fair. <laughs> Where do you want to go to? Ah, Ibadan. Where are ah, Unilag? In fact, if there was any university at the border of Nigeria to maybe Togo, that's where we went. And I will meet one of my mentors. I said, well, it's time to go to school. You guys, said, be honest with yourself. You need to go to a school close by so that by the time your parents are able to give you anything, all the money won't be spent for transport. You know, like Gabriel was telling us, they give you 6,000. Transport is 4,000. So actually, what they gave you was 2,000. And you know, most of my friends, they struggled to get into the university. Because number one, I got admission quite easily because it was my state, catchment area, and all that. I paid less fees because I was an indigent. So it was easy to go, go, go to school. There were guys who went, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to a fire university. Guys who went to Ife, went to Unilag. After one year, they had to come back. No transport, no... Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't need a prophet to tell you the state of your life. You sit down and make the right decision. Don't seek counsel from inexperienced people. Tap into experience. Okay. Some people not to take counsel from, they are evil counsel, idolatrous counsel, people who don't have the right motives. What is the blessing and benefit of seeking counsel? I'll just do this quickly. The blessing and benefit of seeking counsel. Number one, success. Proverbs 11 verse 14. In the abundance of counselors, there is victory. Counsel brings success. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 22. Without consultation, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they succeed. Godly counsel brings success. Direction and guidance. Counsel brings direction and guidance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you to go. I'll counsel you with my with my eyes upon you. Psalm 73 verse 24. With your counsel, you will guide me. Counsel will give you direction. Will give you guidance. Tell you what to do. How to go about it. You know, sometimes people come to me in the office to seek counsel. And I say, well, on this matter, talk to this person. For instance, you're seeking my counsel about business. I say, oh, well, talk to that business person. You know why? They are involved in that field. I'm a pastor. I can give you the basic advice, but if you really need to excel in this, you have to... Why do companies get consultants? Why do they pay so much for consultants? Guidance. As big as the oil firms we have, they'll take foreign expatriates, they'll take consultants to come in. Why? Guidance. Because they know that the cost of failure is huge. In those days, I don't know if it still works now, but you know we used to have guidance and counselors in school, right? What do they do? They look at your subjects. They look at where you were good in. I've told you my story many times. I've always, well, I don't know, but you know, growing up, what do you want to become? Mechanical engineer, electrical engineer, even though we don't know what else. Hey, let's go, go to physics class. 
chemistry class titration. I drank bass like nobody's business. Just taking the tea. <laughs> My friends used to laugh at me. So, before you know, oh! <laughs> and I say, I won't succeed in this thing. Just simple titration. That's very, I mean, that should be the easiest thing. And you're taking bass like Holy Communion. So, I was not born for this. Chemistry exam, I stood up. I said, I'm not doing chemistry again. A physics class. Calculate, calculate, calculate. I didn't seem to remember. I was not cut out for science. And all my friends, you can make it. You know, sometimes motivation can be destructive. It's like you say, you, you leave a motivational seminar, say you can make it, you can make it. You now carry bike that you want to use it to tow uh, uh, Tipa, that you can make it. At the point, my dad just called me, said you are struggling in your school, not because you're not intelligent, but you're doing the wrong subjects. It's coming out 22nd, 23rd, you know. Like when they are calling cards in school, you know that for the first 20 names, you will show up, you can go and play. You know when you just get 19, you now say, okay, we're around this area, somewhere here we'll find ourselves. <laughs> and I switched subjects. And the reason we didn't want to switch subject then was at was made up of ladies, you know, shorthand type. Ah, can you go and sit with girls? Commerce. Ah, can you be doing commerce? A man like you. Ah, God forbid, but I like to commerce. Government. What is government? <laughs> you know what? Got into that class. First time, came out tops. All our novels in literature. As my dad bought them during the holidays, I had finished all of them before school started. I have found my place. And when I get admission in accounting, Delso, I was the one that went there and said, give me social studies. Where do you find the women in this, in this school? They said, social studies and education. Let's be, let's be among the women. Blessed are thou amongst women. That's where we excel. <laughs> I changed department. Also, I mean, and I'm happy for it. Sometimes we struggle because we don't listen to people. Not because you cannot succeed, but in an attempt to impress the wrong crowd, you make the wrong decisions. That's why I said in the beginning, never walk with people who are impressed by your success. They celebrate you, they rejoice with you, but it doesn't move them. Are you following what I'm saying? Sometimes, negative example, but sometimes when you, when they catch like armed robbers and the rest, you know what actually gives them away? What gives them away is the celebration in court of their success. They have finished robbing, they have collected the money, you have friends that say, let's go and burn this money, let's go and spend this money. Those people who are impressed by your success are the ones who will now give you up. The higher we go in life, the more we need to make sure that our feet is on the ground. And it's a deliberate effort. It's a deliberate effort. Consequences of not seeking counsel. Okay, we're looking at what? The benefits of seeking counsel. Success, direction, guidance, wisdom, wisdom, and joy. You just get joy getting fulfilled. Consequences of not seeking counsel. Death. There are people who didn't listen to counsel, they literally died. And you can see this in First Chronicles 10, 13 to 14, Second Chronicles 22, 3 to 5, Second Chronicles 25 and 16, Proverbs 1, 24 to 32. By the tape. First Chronicles 10, 13, 14. Second Chronicles 22, 3, 5. Second Chronicles 25, 16. Proverbs 1, 24 to 32. When I mean death here, although I don't want to mean it literally, but in some of these scripture verses, you mean literally, but it can actually mean death of your dreams, 
death of your ambition, death of your business, not seeking counsel, can lead to seizure of life. It leads to strife. Proverbs 13.10 True presumption comes nothing but strife. With those who receive counsel is wisdom. Let's put that up. Proverbs 13 verse 10. True presumption. You just presume that you know. You presume that you have all the knowledge. You presume. But pride comes nothing but strife. But well advised is wisdom. Wisdom. The well advised. I like that word. Well advised. Okay. Proverbs 15.22 Plans will be frustrated. Where there is no consultation, plans are frustrated. Failure. Proverbs 11 verse 14. Failure. Where there is no guidance, the people fail. There is need for us to receive guidance. And I said this to you. When you meet wealthy people, never seek for their money. Seek for their wisdom. I've never met any of my mentor, and I said, "Well, uh, I want you to open doors for me." You know, I'm, <laughs> like Gabriel said, I've had young people who say, "I want you to mentor me." Sir. I want you to mentor me. After one year, they, they they're accusing you, man of God. We see that doors are open are opening to you. You are standing on the shoulder of people to go ahead, man of God, sir. We need to stand on your shoulder. I say, "Come down." The first thing, someone who currently mentors me in this country, the first thing you do if you want someone to mentor you, uh, let me talk about ministry. Get all his messages and listen to them. In his messages are his wisdom. The first guy who mentored me in ministry, before I got into full-time ministry, when I traveled, I went to buy 60 of his cassette tapes there, and I spent time listening to them. When you listen to a man, you will get his wisdom. When you read the books of a man, you will get his wisdom. Now, I just want to close with this. Eight characteristics of a godly mentor. Because we've been talking about mentorship a long time now. We've mentioned it. Everybody's mentioning it. So I want to talk about eight characteristics of a godly mentor. Number one, knowledge. Proverbs 24, verse 4. A good mentor is knowledgeable about the word of God and well acquainted with sound teaching. These men and women stick to the solid truths of God's word. Knowledge. Your mentor must be knowledgeable. Not just about things, but about the word of God. Number two, wisdom. Your mentor should have wisdom. Proverbs 10 verse 14. A good mentor applies the knowledge of God's word in their everyday interactions with family, friends, and strangers. Wisdom. Number three. A good mentor, a godly mentor should have experience. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 6. A good mentor must have life experience that have proven his or her perseverance in the faith. A godly mentor must have experience. Been there for a while. Gone through the challenges. I remember when we were doing one of our meetings we started and I called one of my mentors. I said people are not showing up. <laughs> like I said, I have very... Very... Mentors who are not impressed. I mean, I think it was Pastor Banky I called. I called Pastor Banky and then I said, hey... I'm having this meeting. 
And people are not showing up like I think they should show up. He said, how long have you been doing it? I said, four months. He said, let's talk about this after you have done it for a year. How is that for a council? What did he say? Let's talk about this after you have done it for a year. That means that it's not something we should talk about until after one year. Simply means stay there. But how many of you know some of us will not be open to that? Say, ah, that man is insensitive because he's big. No! It's what made him big that is teaching you. And you know what I did? Even though I've had thoughts that I will shut this meeting down, I continued. Because I cannot call a man my mentor if I'm going to debate his counsel. I trust him. That's why I say you cannot just make everybody your mentor. Are you following what I'm saying? Anybody who is your mentor is somebody is like, I've entrusted my life to you. So it's not everybody. I want you to mentor me. I want you to mentor me. No, no, not everybody can. Not everybody can. Look at this. Discernment. Philippians 1.10 A good mentor designs what is good through the scripture and prayer. Discernment. Discernment. Truthfulness. Ephesians 4.15 A good mentor will speak the hard truth to you in love. They want you to live righteously and avoid the pitfalls of ignorance. A good mentor will speak the truth to you. It might be difficult, but he'll let you know about it. He'll let you know about it. He'll speak the truth to you. Number number what? Six. Compassion. A good mentor is marked by the agape love and compassion of God. Their speech and action towards all people reflect the love of Christ. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. Can you observe that everything we are talking about here, we have not started talking about how much the mentor has? where he lives, what he drives. Because most of us, that's what we use as criteria for mentorship. Ah, this guy is driving a bigger car. He will be a better mentor. What we, do, what, we, what we want is not mentorship. We want handouts. Never exchange wisdom for money. It's a poor exchange. Never exchange wisdom for money. It's a very poor exchange. Look at this. Integrity. Second Corinthians 1.12 A good mentor strives to live a life of integrity even when the world belittles their stance for what is right. They refuse to bow down to the complicity or make excuse to justify themselves. Do they have integrity? Does this man has, have integrity? If the person has integrity, he will, send, he will push down integrity to you. He will tell you to make the right decisions. Do you know that there are some things right now I'm afraid for instance, not, not like right now, but there are things I want to do, and when I think about how do I tell my mentor about this, I just know I can't. Do you understand? For instance, let me give you an example. Maybe we're building this building, and then we're stuck with funds. And I decide, oh man, I'm going to bring a prophet to raise funds. You know, I can do that. But you know, I can't tell any of my mentors about that. Because, you know, when I call them, I say, this is what I want to do. You know what they'll just say? Call me again because I'm not sure it's you talking. Because you won't even listen. It's not something you should debate. There should be people in your life, you know that if I want to do wrong, I can't tell these people. If they hear, I'm finished. If there's nobody like that in your life, then I don't know. But you need to have. I remember when I wanted to get married to my wife, the first question I asked her, I said, who are your friends? I'd like to talk with your friends. It's very important. Because 
if I can if I can talk to your friends, then I know what you people value, I know who you are. Your friends reflect you. Your friends show who you are. And most times you receive counsel from them, so you need to choose carefully. Reputation, Proverbs 22 verse 1. A good mentor secures their reputation by making everyday choices that reflect the grace and the mercy given to them by Christ. They make efforts to reveal the influence of Jesus on their lives. These are the seven characteristics of a good mentor. Knowledge, wisdom, experience, discernment, truthfulness, compassion, Integrity, reputation. Eight, right? Eight. Let me stop here. They must have these qualities. Principles for godly success. Listen to good counsel. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Please make sure. Don't do things without seeking the right counsel. I beg you. Listen to counsel. Ask people, this is where I am, this is where I am now. How can I get to the next place? What steps can I take? Praise the name of the Lord. Let's just bow sleep. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you this morning. We're excited for the possibilities of your word. We thank you, Father God. We'll pray right now that by your spirit and your grace. You will help us to make the right choices in life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.